Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Erin Caranancy here, Pingree Assistant Director of Athletics and Athletic Trainer, hoping you and your family are continuing to stay healthy and safe. Today, we'll hear from myself, Athletic Trainer Steve Spezio, strength and conditioning coach Mike Saracino, and our guests today, Pingree graduating seniors Lance Perlow and James Wong. We hope you're doing well. Please enjoy this episode of the Pingree Performance Podcast. All right. Hi, everyone. Steve Spezio here. Uh, joined as always by Aaron and Mike. What's Hi, up, guys? Steve. Hi, Steve. Beat me to it today, Mike. Nice job. Our guest today, Pingree graduating seniors. You guys graduate this weekend, right? Yeah. We graduate in air quotes this weekend. Yeah. We graduate in air quotes this weekend. It counts. Um, we've got uh, James Wong and uh, Lance Perlow with us today. Uh, welcome, guys. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Uh, no problem. <laughs> All right. So, uh, James, I'm going to start with you here. Um, so James, you are, you've been at Pingree since fifth grade. Yes, I have. Uh, and you are a multi-sport athlete, um, football and track. I used to be a multi-sport athlete until I used to be a multi-sport athlete until my knee, blew up. <laughs> but it's, wow. it is okay. Um, and do you want to give us, I'll give you the floor for a second, if you want to give us a rundown on your magnificent middle school football career. I would love to. Uh, you know, in five games, I had 10 touchdowns. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had the record for one year or two years. Maybe it wasn't until Luke Engelke came along and uh, used his huge <laughs> high school body to bully middle school kids. But, yeah, that is, that is my middle school career. Uh, Pretty, uh, I think I peaked athletically in eighth grade, and uh, I'm very, I'm very happy that uh, that experience uh, happened to me because it really elevated my self-esteem. <laughs> you have a lot of good things to look back on and be happy. Exactly, exactly. Co-president of SAC and Button Downs, right? President of Button Downs, also so heavily involved in the school. Um, Pingree super fan. Uh, for all of our athletic events as well. So, James, and you're also going to NYU next year? Yes, I am. What are we studying? We are studying dramatic writing at NYU. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Lance, also joining us today. Lance, how are we doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Um, so, Lance, you are going to UConn next year, correct? Yes, sir. And now UConn's back in the Big East next year, so... They are back in the Big East. Another guest who's choosing... Of our Big East schools. I don't understand. Um, we, uh, okay, so Lance, you um, also a multi-sport athlete. You and James came up together playing some middle school football um, yep. and also a peer leader for, for our freshmen as well this year. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so a little bit about you guys, but realistically why we're here today. One of the things that uh, unfortunately unites you guys is that you both um, while playing sports, uh, had some kind of a, a bigger scale injury that forced you guys to get surgeries and miss some times. And today we just want to talk a little bit about your recovery from those injuries, not only physically, but also mentally and, um, what that recovery process was like. So James, let's start with you, my friend, tell us a little bit about what happened to you just from the injury itself. Oh, uh, so I watched this. Uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's play six, Fieldston versus Pingree in uh, 20, 2019. Uh, I've I think I play about 100 times. And I know exactly how it happened. I was, uh, I was on special teams, 
uh, I was running down the field, and uh, I know Spees and Coach C really make fun of me for this all the time, but I went in for the tackle. I uh, felt my knee go uh, to the left, and my whole body stayed where it was, and uh, it it really hurt. Um, it really hurt so much that I didn't make the tackle. <laughs> <laughs> They they made fun of me for not making the tackle. They said I should have finished the tackle, but um, it really hurt, guys. And uh, I really there was a there was a definite moment when I was watching that play because I vividly remember this the, the play itself. There's definitely a moment where I was on the sideline for that game before I realized you were injured that I was very frustrated with you for missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys thought I just intent like I just couldn't like. Guys, I, I hit him full force. It's something bad had to happen to me if I didn't make the tackle. I would have hung on to him for dear life, but then I had to grab my knee. So um, that's that's fair. So this uh, is this is the uh, this is during your your junior year football season, um, yes, and towards the beginning of the season also. Um, uh, I would say in the middle. Middle of the season. Okay. Middle middle of the season. So at the time, um, obviously, you know, pain in the knee, we evaluated it on the field. And I think realization started to set in at that point that we might be dealing with something a little bit bigger than your, your average injury. Yeah, I think on the sideline, you know, I was trying to walk it um, and uh, just didn't, didn't feel right. Um, a lot of, a lot of, I just, it, it was like the sense of insecurity that you get with like, oh, I don't trust this leg at the moment. You know, I feel like if you, can't tr start to lose trust in you know putting weight on it that that says a lot of something to uh what you what you have in terms of injury so definitely when i was on the sideline it was like okay this is definitely just more than some some like regular minor injury that would keep me off the field and what's your mindset here at this time what's running through your head as you're sitting on the sideline kind of thinking about what's going on um, for these things, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I've never had a major injury in my life before this. So when I was on the sideline, it was like, okay, so maybe I'll just sit this one out. I'll be on the field next week. But then, you know, going, going to the MRI and stuff like that, you know, with more of going to the doctor and then staying, sitting at home, um, with my knee ice and all that, not being able to move on and having the crutches, it was, uh, it, it really set into me like, okay. So there's going to be a serious issue here in terms of me not being able to actually move around my house for the first time in my life, um, me not being able to do regular things for the first time in my life. And that was super difficult just because I had never gone through that process before and never felt like there was things that I could not do physically. So that was a huge um, blow to uh, myself in terms of my psyche and what I could help people with and what I couldn't help people with. And now fast forward a couple of days with doctor's visits and MRIs and results coming through, you get a diagnosis, you know, now, now, you know, it's not just that short term potential injury of, of being, uh, being laid up a little bit, but that there's going to be surgery involved in all that. First of all, tell us what your diagnosis was. And then um, how did that news hit? They said tore an ACL. I think they said I tore some of my meniscus too. I'm not, a, I don't a hundred percent remember, but it was definitely torn ACL. Um, I think uh, when they told me, I, I have to be honest, I wasn't as like, I was, I was sad obviously because I lost my season. Um, I knew I was going to be out for the season, but it was at such a point where I could definitely get back for the next one. So I was holding out hope that, okay, I'm just going to go 
go through rehab. Um, again, not knowing what in rehab entailed, go through rehab and just, you know, come back preseason, work my way up back uh, for my senior year. All right, let's pause there for a second. Lance, tell us a little bit about uh, the injury that you got during your your first game, first regular season game, senior year. Yeah, so it was right before halftime. We had just scored a amazing hook and ladder touchdown to put us ahead. Uh, that was a, that was a great ha- play, by the way. Hashtag Jersey Sports Zone. Um, <laughs> then. So then coach put me in at safety on defense and they were just starting to like move the ball, whatever. And I, they ran a play and the running back, it was a one-on-one tackle on the hole. And I got into a really bad position where I was like almost on my knees, but I was like crouched. So then when I took the impact of making the tackle on my chest, my ankle got caught in like the grass and didn't really move with me as I got trucked and made the tackle, which I did make the tackle in case anyone was wondering. Um, but then my ankle kind of just gave out and I felt like a, I don't even know, I felt like a, it almost felt like a crack, I guess, where I just like immediately knew like something was off. And then what ended up happening is I ended up having the spiral fracture in the outside bone on my like bottom part of my leg near my ankle. And then because of the fracture and the shift of the bone, I, ended, I then tore other ligaments and things down there as well. So... Coming off the field, again, sitting on the sideline, I know, you know, we took a look at everything. The uh, the doctor from Lawrenceville was there and, and took a, lot, a look at it also. What's your mindset here before you get that actual diagnosis? What's your mindset here just on the sideline in terms of what just happened? It was a lot of shock because of how the game was actually transpiring, like with like the flow of the game, because we were down 14, 13 and then we came all the way back right before I got hurt. And it was kind of like shock of like, okay, like, oh, I'll be fine. I just rolled it. I'll, like, play at halftime. Like, that was initially what was said. Then even the doctor who came over, not you, but the doctor who came over was, like, telling my parents, like, oh, it might be a sprain or something. Like, he was saying some crazy things. And then you were, like, more realistic. Like, Lance, well, you got to go get an x-ray. Like, like let's stay calm here. Because I think you had a feeling of what actually happened. But it was more of in that moment trying to not – because once you took me out of the game, I was like, okay, well, this is whatever. But it was more of in that moment trying to then just, like, focus on, like, what was still happening because we were up one in the football game. Like, the game wasn't over. So it was still, like, putting that first and then dealing with whatever came at it, whatever happened after. after. Yeah, I had to, I think, almost physically restrain you to stay on the bench instead yeah. of you getting up to watch the end of the game, if I remember correctly on that one. Yeah, I think so. So again, let's fast forward a little bit. We go get our doctor's visits right now. You get your diagnosis, spiral fracture in your fibula um, and, and a torn ligament also. So how does that land with you when you find out that you're going to need some surgery? So we, so the game was at Lawrenceville. So we had to drive like two hours in the car all the way up to like the walk-in clinic or whatever. We're there and you take me back and I take the x-ray or whatever. And the, like, it wasn't like the doctor it was like, the doctor's assistants or something like that. And she came in and she was just like, yeah, you're like season's over. Like she like said, like straight out. She's like, yeah, look like it's not normal. Like it's done. And then that initial hit was hard for sure. But the good news is I had the weekend before I had my next visit. So I had Sunday off of a visit where I was just like at home in a boot with like nothing really done to it yet. And that was like a hard day to like move around my house. Cause I'm still getting used to crutches and it was like, wasn't stable. But 
And that day at least gave me the mental time to kind of like get myself ready to like go into like get ready for surgery and like take the next steps, which I think was big for me. Now, James, I'm going to come back to you for a second here. You kind of already mentioned what your goal was, right? You heard about this injury. You quickly wrapped your head around um, what your goal was and what you needed to do to get there, or at least loosely in your own mind of what that meant, right? So, okay, well, I'm going to be out for the rest of this year, and that's unfortunate, but I still have next year, and I'm going to get myself ready for that, knowing that you were going to have to truck through and, and uh, rehab so now our prehab starts, right? That, that, you know, the difference between your injury and Lance's injury was Lance's injury, we couldn't really do anything with until he got surgery. But with an ACL tear, there's some things that we can do to kind of strengthen you up to get you ready for surgery. And we had the advantage of being able to do that in your case. Um, how was dealing with rehab for your first major injury, right? You had little things here and there, but this was your first like big injury that, um, wasn't a comfortable one to rehab through. Well, I want to I want to separate it from before surgery to after surgery um, because definitely before surgery that's where I had the most um, like interaction with you guys versus after surgery when I went to physical therapy um, like like a perfect like I wouldn't like a professional quote unquote physical therapist that's his only job. Um, so for you guys, uh, you know, going into rehab not really knowing what. I would feel or what we would be doing it was difficult the first time you did range of motion and obviously i'm sugarcoating it when i say it was difficult not knowing the first time you do range of motion but also i i believe that it was it was also because i had a, a lower pain tolerance than most people and and i'm i'm fine with admitting that i have a lower pain tolerance than most people in this in this category and it was especially tough for me because something that happened after that was the mental mentally it was me psyching myself out to go to you know, you guys, I mean, obviously I forced myself to, and I didn't really skip any days where I had to, but it was super difficult on, you know, me going through the school day. It's like, I couldn't really focus on a lot of things because, you know, after 2.45, because it was the original schedule, but sorry, after 2.35, because it was the original schedule for 2.35, it was like, okay, I got to go to, to get my range of motion done. And it was, a, it was, it was an experience where, Honestly, the mental aspect outweighed the physical because I felt like it was something that I could have controlled better, but it still happened because I had never gone through this type of process before. And so I think as a cautionary tale for other people, um, don't try your best not to psych yourself out because it's, it's, it's really on you for what you feel. And even if your pain tolerance is different from other people's, like you can still kind of control it with how you act and how you get get through it during the day and um what you how you think about it maybe instead of thinking about it as a lot of pain you think about it as okay i'm just i'm it's worth it because i'm going to get where i have to have to be you know after surgery um i'm going to get a better range of motion and i'm going to be better prepared going forward after my surgery yeah and that's, James, that's the message that we clearly sent to you also which is what helped you come in five to six days a week to get that done even though it was the last thing you wanted to do on any given day. Yeah. I just want to chime in here because I think what you just touched on was an important topic to just hover over for a second in that uh, it's a largely determined by your mindset, like when it comes to your, your pain threshold and things. And there was a, a moment in my life where I was dealing with chronic pain. And what I found was guided meditations 
There are guided meditations that focus on alleviating physical pain, which sounds silly because how can you think yourself out of pain? But it does help at least kind of take it in, absorb it, understand what you're dealing with, and it gives you a path forward in, in moving through it. So for people out there who, who are down the line, maybe going through something like you went through, there are resources that you can use on YouTube that would definitely help. And and a shared sentiment here too, clearly as I was watching, you know, listening to you talk about, as soon as you said the word range of motion, James, Lance's eyes bugged out of his head thinking about it because he, he dealt with some of that too post-surgery with us. So the word range of motion, when you hear about people who had surgery or had major injuries is, is it's a, it's a shared sentiment of hatred towards range of motion work uh, for anyone who's ever had to go through it because it's, it's certainly not a fun thing. So, you know, even though you may think you're on this Island by yourself um, you're not alone in terms of that pain that you were actually feeling. That's, that's some real stuff. I know that's that's one of the things that we talk to both of you guys about and any of our other athletes who come in with range of motion that knowing that even though we say, hey, this is going to be painful and we know you're not going to like us at the end of it, but it's for your benefit. Even though we say that and try to explain everything, it doesn't always sink in until it's happening. And you're like, wow, OK, you said it was going to hurt. I didn't know it was going to hurt like that. And that's something that's really difficult for us as clinicians to explain, especially like you had mentioned, James, some people have different types of pain tolerance. Some people can go through it and think like, yeah, that hurt, but okay. Some people can go through it like, don't you dare touch me ever again. Um, but it's hard to get that through in the understanding of like, hey, this hurts, but it's going to help in the long run. And I, I want to say that it really did because after surgery, bending was was a breeze, honestly. Be, being able to um, kind of get after surgery and um, the bending process was so, so much easier than I think it was for a lot of other people. Um, well, I mean, we'll talk about straightening later, uh, but uh, but bending was definitely a lot easier. Not that not that you guys did a bad job for straightening, but that's that's another topic that goes into yeah, pre pre surgery, the one of the most important things is trying to get that range of motion there. And pre surgery, you were pretty good with that um, extension, so not something we had to focus on too badly there. Pre surgery, um, as you know, post surgery things are a little bit different. All right, so James, you set this goal for yourself of returning to football. Um, you had this plan in place for how you were going to get there. Tell us about your journey from surgery through the remainder of the school year um, and into the summer? After surgery, I think the first two months were, were, were smooth sailing for me because when, and I think this has something to do with like going through that much pain for like the, the bending was that I focused a lot on the bending where it was like, okay, I wanna get this, this done and I wanna get like full range of motion for my bending. Like I, I felt really good whenever like, uh, my my heel got to like got to the behind as you call it, but like the like that's that that was uh, something that really made me feel good. But there was also so I I didn't go through the best physical therapy experience, and uh, I'll say I'll say that it was mostly in the straightening in the in that in that straightening of of the knee instead of the bending. The bending went fine. The straightening was a different story. Um, I think, I don't know if, if Coach Teresino wants to talk about this as well, but I think one thing that 
I will talk about what separates some a physical therapist who isn't great to someone who is, especially in those first stages, is that my physical therapist, in my opinion, didn't work on me a lot physically. He didn't do a lot of like the, um, I want I want to say like the, uh, a lot of my muscles were super tight. And I don't remember a lot of the days where he would help me with um, like, I don't want to say massaging, but kind of getting the, yeah, being more hands-on with, with the process. There was a lot of me just doing a lot and there was a, me doing a lot, but also not a lot of, of uh, dynamic or diverse exercises. I would come in and do the same thing every single day. And yet again, I was focused on bending, which was doing great, but the straightening, not so much. So after those two months, third, fourth, fifth month came around, it didn't seem like my straightening was getting any better. And that, that frustrated me a lot. Um, and so I, I sat down with my, my mom and my dad and I was like, look guys, I don't think the straightening thing is doing so well for me. And it also came out in like, I think the fifth or the sixth month that I had scar tissue building up in my knee because of that, which made me go get a second surgery. And that was, that was probably the biggest blow in this whole scenario for me was that I had to get that second surgery for scar tissue. And that really, really put a dent in my, in my, my own goals to get back on the field. When was that second surgery? Just in second terms of the is in May. 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 Um, and I think this speaks volumes on the importance of getting the right physical therapist because of that. Oh, you're, if you don't get the best one, that's going to expedite your, expedite your, uh, not, I don't want to say expedite, but keep you on schedule and do the right things in the beginning, especially in the beginning after surgery. It's it's going to be a, it's going to be a longer road and it's going to be a tougher road. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing to to push out here about you know it's not even necessarily a, a comparison of good versus bad rehab. It's more of a comparison of who do you connect with in terms of your own personal goals as a patient and have a clinician who's willing to work with you to achieve those goals. Um, how I work with James, you for example, um, for your goal to return to football versus how I would work with say a faculty or a staff member whose goal might be to ride a stationary bike are going to be very different approaches to, to rehab, right? But if you're willing to meet a patient where, where they are and what their goals are, then it helps in terms of, of that communication to get that patient to where they want to be. Yeah. And, and then just kind of, kind of piggybacking in here too, I, I would think that you would want to screen your clinician before you commit to them. There are, there are certain kind of markers of the kind of care that you're going to get where certain cases it's fine if you're if you're in a situation where your clinician is taking four or five four or five clients at a time and they're moving through their exercises based off of the severity but someone who if you're in that early early stage you need hands-on care you need manual therapy you might need more individual attention than that clinic is set up to give you so you might need to look elsewhere i know there are i've worked with plenty of physical therapists who have a one-on-one -on -one situation now they're going to be a little more expensive they're going to be a little bit more um uh, exclusive with what insurance they accept and what insurances they don't but it's definitely something to look at before you commit to a specific uh clinical setting that's kind of my advice on it and that and that affected me a lot. I, I to this day I believe that if I received help from somewhere else than I did before, it would be a different story. I mean, it would be a hundred percent of a different story because I later on in the process after the surgery, like after my second surgery, I had great physical therapists and um, especially one that worked on me hands on for 
a huge amount of time and he was super personal and he was super, um, super good with, with hands-on type of things. And so, you know, thinking about it in the retrospect, a hundred percent, especially right after the surgery, it's so important who you have on your team in terms of, you know, helping you heal to the best of your ability. So when you find out you need the second surgery, that is obviously deflating for you. Uh, for looking forward to the start of your season, which, you know, at some point you thought you were on track for, and now you're, you're feeling a little bit deflated, but you're able to get this re-energized attitude coming out of it with new rehab and you hit the ground running. So you finish out your, the majority of your rehab for the remainder of that summer. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I did. I think in terms of the second surgery, it was the question of what, what was the doctor going to tell me? What was my, what was my doctor going to say to me? Um, if he said to me, there's no chance, I don't, I don't know what I would have done. Um, if he said to me, there's some chance, which, which is what he did. I said to myself, I'm just going to work twice as hard. I'm going to do my best to work in physical therapy, to work in the gym, to strengthen myself as much as I possibly can, because to me, that's like all I've really known is just working my butt off to get where I need to be. And so that's that's what I did throughout the entire summer, throughout the entire fall. That's exactly what I did. And I I did get on the field for my last two games, which is, which is not, again, not ideal, but ex exactly where I wanted to be to kind of finish everything off with the people that I wanted to finish everything off with, 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 the, with the group of seniors that, that I've, I've wanted to, that I've played with for since middle school so like five of my teammates were were people that played with me since middle school so to end it off with people on that field even people that are going through huge injuries themselves that kind of sacrificed it and put their body on the line on the last on our last game even if we didn't do great they played through injury like i did they 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 said to themselves our our last game is more important to us than um, just something, not something minor, but something that they can play through. You know, a lot of people wouldn't do that, but in my opinion, you know, our class knew that that's what a brotherhood was about, and we played with each other in the end of the game. At the, uh, sorry, at our last game. So you had a specific goal in mind, and although it had to be modified a little bit, um, you were still able to achieve it. You know, if if Doc came back and said to you, "Hey, James, after the second surgery, I don't think we're going to have a season this year." Your mindset changes immediately at that point, I'm sure, and maybe your motivation for getting healthy isn't quite as there. You know, we talk about motivation and accountability a lot on this podcast, and I think that speaks volumes to um, some of the past of what we said. If you have a clear goal in mind, you, it's it's a lot easier to hold yourself accountable to get the work done. Yeah. I think we've we've talked about this in a bunch of our other episodes too, where there's accountability buddies, and you might not look at something like this as having one of those but you did in all of us, right? We reached out to your physical therapist and to your doctor. You had myself, Spees, uh, Coach Saracino, all of us pulling for you to make sure that we pushed you and held you accountable, even though sometimes you might not have wanted to do it, right? Being in that situation, not knowing like, okay, I want to get back to play, but am I going to? Not knowing for sure, you had all of us, plus your physical therapist, plus your doctor, saying, okay, if we can do X, Y, Z, we can get you out there. Um, and I think that even having certain people, I'm sure your friends and family as well, but also having some people not just 
um, you kind of pushing you to get there um, can help in that situation as well. I mean, yeah, if you truly love the sport and if you truly love the people that you, you, you're on the field with, then you're going to make the sacrifices. I mean, that's, that's as simple as that to me. And at some point, you probably just had to get sick of hearing us yelling at you in the hallway for not walking the right way. Of course. Of course. <laughs> now, walking the gate was, uh, was a nightmare, man. I, I, it was, that, that was also a wake-up call, too. When, we were when you were talking to me, especially in that time where I had my first physical therapist, about the gate, I was like, okay, so this is, this is something that, that's the baseline. And when it didn't, you know, when you kept asking me about it, asking me about it, asking me about it, it was like a wake-up call for me. So, yes, that, that is... I mean, you guys really helped me out in, in terms of like getting me to where I need to be pushing me in the right direction. So that, that I'm very thankful for. All right, Lance, let's jump back over to you here. Um, so surgery happens, right? It's a, we had to do what we call an open reduction internal fixation, which is not me, our doctors did it. Um, the open <laughs> reduction internal fixation, which is you essentially have a plate and screws holding the fracture together. And then they had to put um, another piece of hardware in to replace the ligament that was torn that connects your, your tibia and your fibula and your lower leg. And so this is what you end up going through at this point. And now we're ready to start rehab in whatever small doses that mean. Now, what I vividly remember about the start of this for you and James, to your point about the brotherhood, Lance gets surgery during the week. He, he convinced his doctor to let him go to the game where he pretty much had his mom babysitting him behind the bench yelling at him to stay sitting down the entire game. But, like, but Lance, you were there. You were yeah. there for the brotherhood. I, I made it very, very, very clear to my parents Saturday when we found out that I was missing the season that like I was still going to like go to everything I physically could. And when I tried to explain that to the doctor, when I saw him on Monday to schedule, like I saw, I saw the doctor on Monday after the weekend to like say like, oh, like here's like a better version. They gave me like that cast to like hold it together. And then we scheduled it Thursday for the surgery. And it was like, yeah, like I'm going to go to the game on Saturday. Like, I'm sorry, it's going to happen. <laughs> and it was like, he wasn't happy about it and he made very strict rules that I definitely broke in the process but I attempted to follow but there was as not only a member of the team but also as captain of the team James might also be able to talk about this because he was one too I felt responsible for at least supporting them every way I knew how even if that was just by sitting on the bench with my foot up with a bag of ice on it whatever that was yeah, so let's pause there for a second before we get into your rehab, Lance, and I'll open it up to both of you guys. Now, here you are. Both of you guys are senior captains, and by game two, both of you guys are on the bench. How does that land with the team, and how does that affect the dynamics of the team in terms of your ability to, to lead from the sidelines? So I think I'm just going to speak about what I think happened with like me personally because I think it's a little different for James because of where we were with our injuries. Um, I think the biggest part or the hardest part for me was figuring out again, like how to lead because something that is hard to do is when someone has like that helmet on and they have their shoulder pads on and they're ready to go play. They don't really give a crap about what I have to say when I'm on a scooter on the sideline. Like it's hard to like, it's hard to 
convince people that like what you're saying could work if you, you can't like actually show them what you're talking about and you're just speaking. So I think losing my ability to demonstrate made it very, very difficult. And then I also think that because I was quarterback, losing that, not even like losing the trust of like, okay, whoever's back there, like we're, we're totally fine. Like I think, even, I'm not sure people would admit it. I'm not saying I didn't trust who was behind there, but I think it was not the same, just like blind faith of like, okay, like we, like not the same sort of just like, I don't even know how to phrase it, but like going from, even in the second half of Lawrenceville, going from me back there to Tracy back there, there's definitely like a lack of like energy on the offensive side to kind of like keep pushing forward and keep going. Yeah, there's, there's a big difference between the guy you practice with all week and yeah. during preseason um, on your first team. And then, you know, that suddenly getting changed up when you have to throw mm. a backup in there. And that happens at any position in any sport where you have someone who needs to step in for an injury, for example, and the dynamic on the field changes just in terms of team chemistry. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, um, to be quite blunt with it, um, once, you know, we were both on the sideline, uh, not a lot of things that we said mattered to a lot of people. Um, and it was tough. Uh, and the way, the way that we wanted to lead would have been best for us to be on the field because we, we are two people that both try to lead by example. We are, we are um, our grade in general, are, I believe, is, is one of the, the, mo the most hardworking grades that have in terms of our class of football players. We work the hardest, and I, I I say this I say this confidently, confidently. If you look through the four years of when we were there, we were always in the gym the most. So when it came to the fact that not only Lance and I were off the field, a lot of people got injured in our class. It was hard for us to show our work ethic on the field if a lot of us were on the bench. So again, just saying it with words and not being able to show it through physical physicality and physical movement was tough and i tried to do that especially in 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 the in the earlier parts of the season by participating in, in as much as i possibly could i try to participate in the lifts i try to do all of the running that we did i try to do my best in terms of showing people that even though i am i am I am injured and I have this big injury, I can still do most of this stuff and I'm still going to outwork most of the people on the field, if not everybody on the field. So that was my mindset going in was that if I, if people, you have to earn people's respect, especially in a sport this physical by working harder than them. And that's what I, that's the approach that I tried to do. That's the approach that I wanted to show. And, you know, again, maybe didn't work because again, they saw still saw me as somebody on the bench during the games, during the times that quote unquote it mattered. Um, I I tried my best to lead with with my work ethic, regardless of of who saw me or who cared. I I, I just kept trying to show the team that hard work pays off. Coach Saracino, can you validate those claims on the uh, athleticism and hard work in class? His, their class is hardworking. They are a hardworking class. Um, I haven't tried to quantify it amongst uh, uh, grade levels, uh, and I, I don't <laughs> think I will. Uh, so, so James, I guess the, the listeners are just going to have to take your word for it, but I must say that your, your grade did work very hard. Um, Lance, let's come back to you here, bud. We, uh, 
So now we're getting ready to start rehab post-surgery. Where's your head at here in terms of motivation and goal setting for yourself as well? Well, I think motivation wasn't hard to get because of how much had to change in order to continue go like continue daily life. Like I couldn't drive because it was my right foot. So now my parents had to chaperone me wherever I went. I couldn't like walk really. I was literally on a scooter going to the school. Like there was all those things that were like that like I don't know. They made me upset that I wasn't able to do them myself. Like all those little things that you take for granted in a day that's like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna go like get myself some food where it's like, I can't do that anymore. Hey mom, go get me like all those little things that like make you feel useless gave me the motivation to like get better because I was just like tired of staying hurt. Like I didn't enjoy that process. Um, I mean, sometimes it was nice, but like as a general statement. Um, And then that's where all the motivation came from. And then I guess for goals, I mean, the first doctor I saw ruled the season out and every doctor I said, (laughs) every doctor I saw always said like, yeah, like the season's like not happening, whatever, but I guess I couldn't accept the fact that I didn't end my football career on like my terms, I guess. Like I didn't want the injury to be the last thing that I ever did on the football field. So I guess I, I guess that was the goal to somehow find a way to get back on the field, which eventually I did. And then even beyond that, you also played basketball your senior year and you had a goal of getting back onto the basketball court. Yeah. Yeah. That was after football, after like the football season ended and I still wasn't, obviously healed it was then the shift was like let's get ready for basketball all right so let's get to rehab here right what mm-hmm. was your rehab experience like um and you took a little bit of a different route right james had um, a couple of different inputs not only in a, in a rough start but also just in terms of he had a physical therapist that he used and um, he used us as complementary treatment so james had the perspective of kind of like two different sets of eyes looking at um, looking at the same injury that were complementing each other. Lance, you worked entirely with us during that process. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you as you went through everything? So obviously right after I got hurt, my parents and I tried to figure out like what I would be doing for physical therapy because they both knew I needed it. And we came to the realization that we didn't have honestly many options because of the commute issue because I couldn't get myself to physical therapy. So my mom or dad would have to come take me. And because you were already at school and because I was staying for practice anyway, it made just so much sense, like logically and logistically to just go to you, which is what mainly made the decision originally. But then after that was fantastic because of the constant availability, because of like the constant uh, specifications to my treatment that were like specific for me because of all the things that you and coach C and Renee did to like make my recovery as quick and as best as possible. It made it all of that difficult process go away. And it was hard because initially I was just icing. When I first came out of surgery, there was that month leading up to FNL where all I could do was come in and just sit and ice and I couldn't really do anything. And then finally, once that stopped and we actually started to do range of motion and we finally got into like, oh, balance and the leg lifts and working like my leg, whatever, all of that stuff slowly started to work itself up and obviously worked out well. 
yeah, look, I'll, I'll give you your props where you deserve them too. And this is for both of you guys that the thing that makes our lives as clinicians the easiest is you guys actually being motivated to show up and do the work. And both of you guys certainly did that. You know, James, when we were seeing you by your, you know, just us early on, we saw you five to six days a week. Every time you were available and we were available, we got together. Lance, same thing for you during the duration of your, your rehab, five to six days a week, you were in there working, working your butt off with us. Um, and I think that shows your own motivations and in, in overcoming your injuries to get whatever you can out of your seasons um, and reach those goals that you guys had for yourselves also. Yeah. I mean, I felt that when I was at treatment, I was actually bettering myself, which was hard to do throughout the day because during the school day, it was obviously like school was school and it was hard to focus with my leg, whatever, but there was only so much I could do there. But then when I actually got to you guys at the end of the day, I was actually physically bettering myself to make this process easier to make every day a little better. So I think the knowledge of that was actually like getting better at something, even if it was small, even if I was a little bit more comfortable when you did range of motion, or if I had a little bit more less pain on the bike, whatever, like whatever it was, it was all like just a little bit of bettering yourself each day that I think made it easier over time. And I know Spee's touched on this, but like you said, right, that motivation, you were in there six days a week. If we had a Saturday practice um, and we were in, you were there rehabbing. So you having the motivation to come in and spend, like you said initially, right, 25 minutes, 20 minutes icing. But towards the end of your rehab, you were with us for over an hour. Mm-hmm. over an hour working you didn't like sit around and play on your phone like you weren't that type of kid you were that kid that was in there working as hard as you possibly could to be able to get to your practice afterwards mm-hmm. um, and I think that speaks volumes to you and volumes to how you um, eventually recovered from your injury well I just want to quickly shout out uh, Ariana uh, Gabby and uh, Renee <laughs> They were really cool. Uh, they did a lot of icing for me. They did a lot of uh, ultrasound for me. All of them, especially Gabby, who heard me do a lot of things that I should not have done. So like, 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 be very loud in the room, uh, especially her. And also just shout out Johnny, because Johnny's Johnny. So just quickly, just want to shout him out. All right, cool. <laughs> for those of you listening and uh, aren't familiar, uh, James is referring to some of our athletic training students from Seton Hall who join us every year, who uh, obviously play an integral part of our staff and help these guys through their rehabs also. Um, So Lance, to your point, getting back for a second here. uh, So you're saying that not only did you set these long-term goals of returning to your sport, but you actually had these daily short-term goals of, hey, today's going to be a better day on the bike, or today's going to be a better day during range of motion. And that helps kind of cope with these smaller, you know, when, when, especially early on, when it looks like everything is so far away, right? Getting back on the field is so far away when I can't even, uh, when I'm having a hard time on my scooter getting around and, you know, asking Ma for the meatloaf, you have this motivation on a daily basis to try to get those little steps done. And that keeps you going day to day and showing up when you can see those small bits of progress. Because it was something I could very clearly like notice. Like when I'd come home from a, when I'd come home and I'd shower or whatever, and I'd be sitting there and my ankle was throbbing, I'd be like, okay, well, this is, this sucks. I got to get ice on this thing. But when that like two days later, when I'd come home and it'd be like, oh, it's only like kind of bothering me. I like, it was something I like noticed. I was like, huh, like, let's get like even better for two days from now. 
And it was just like those little like noticeable increments of like, oh, that didn't hurt as much when you made my ankle flat or, oh, I was able to balance better doing the walking over the step stool, whatever it was. Like it was all noticeable change. So let's fast forward to the big goals. Your first goal was getting back onto the football field to end your football career on your terms. Mm -hmm. Tell us about how that happened. So we had our last game of the season was November 9th or 10th. It was something like that. And what I'd been pushing the doctor for for a while, because I knew I would be off of the scooter by then and I would be on crutches slash transitioning to no crutches at that time. So I'd be able to at least put some weight on my leg. I started to ask the doctor about, hey, what are the odds if you just let me go back there and stand there in the shotgun and just throw the ball around every time I step on the field? Because you have to start him off high to like meet him in the middle. So we started him with like, let me play and just stand there. And he didn't really go for that one as much. Um, but then I then asked him if I could just take the knee. If I could like somehow ask Coach Schultz to let me in for a play. Like, obviously, there would be half a lot that would have to go right, but just in for the knee. And he never ruled that one out. He said, like, yeah, probably not, but, like, you can always talk to me about it. He never ruled it out. So what I did is, like, every single week, every time I saw him at the game, because he was always on the sideline, I'd just be like, so how how we looking? What do you think about the knee? I'd, like, I'd just talk to him every time I saw him. And then he eventually said, like, hey, like, why not? Throw on a pair of sneakers. The play's going to be a dead play anyway, because we were down, like, 34 and then Schultz called the timeout, and I was able to get a knee, which was awesome. Yeah, I think you were you were really forward with your physician, which is really important. Um, I think it helps, right? Obviously, you guys both went to orthopedics due to the type of injuries you had, but you were really forward with your physician. Let him know what you wanted to do. Um, I definitely think it helped that he was he's our physician, right? So mm -hmm. he is the physician that was on the sideline, and he was on the sideline the day that you did go out on the field. Um, so those things all play good factors for you. Um, I think it's an, a testament to you that Coach Schiltz allowed that to happen for you, right? Mm -hmm. There are things that he could have done during that play if he wanted to, but knowing how much it meant to you and um, to your high school career, he was able to do that for you. So there are a lot, similar to James, there's a lot of people that were pulling for you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So how did that help you in terms of closure from your football career? In terms of closure? Did you, did you feel like it gave you a little bit more closure as opposed to ending on an injury? Did, did that one play on the field help your, your mindset in terms of your conclusion to your football career? Even in the smallest yes, ways? It did. It did not. It didn't fix the issue of like, oh, wow, I, I still like feel like I have football to play because I do and I currently do and I probably will for a long time but it definitely helped for me to say like I was still able to like play without this without the only I was still able to play my senior year football even though I was injured and whatever I was still able to have a moment of like that was my last play ever and like walk off the field and like have that moment instead of being carried off by someone in Renee I forget who it was like a king that was awesome um but <laughs> sorry they were like put me on their shoulders as I was coming off the field and then I got hurt it was cool um, it was it helped 
to just like give me a final moment to like be like that was it instead of getting hurt and being like holy crap what just happened and then after that we still had a couple long weeks for your recovery right Mm -hmm. like you were able to walk onto the field take a knee but you weren't ready to start playing yet i wasn't close right but you did get there fairly quickly once we were able to start getting you on your feet and moving around, like we've said over and over again, you put in the work for it. And you were actually ahead of schedule, um, ahead of the time that you were actually supposed to be playing. So a huge testament to you for putting in the work uh, with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, and that, that second strain of PT, like once I got started walking where everything sort of shifted, that was even that part was hard too because of the fact that I knew I was only going into basketball and it was and I knew that like I already lost football like that was already behind me. So the fact that then I had to then put in the fact that then I had to switch up what I was doing with you guys and still work harder as hard even harder whatever to get then get back out for basketball was still another tough part of the puzzle because it fell in like that dead spot between the like. Between achievements, it fell in like that dead spot of like, oh crap, there's all this time in the middle. Yeah, this is a good time here to highlight um, the idea of the sports medicine team when it comes to uh, injury care um, and injury treatment. So obviously with both of you guys, we worked with, we worked directly with you and the athletic training staff. James, you did some physical therapy. We worked with your physical therapist and had communication with them about everything. And then the physicians that you guys saw that we were in contact with all the time, our families. Um, and then, you know, the big piece of the puzzle too, Mike, I'll throw to you, our strength and conditioning staff who helps take those last little bits of rehab and transition you guys to what life on the field is going to be like. And, and we're lucky at Pingree to have a really cohesive relationship between our athletic training staff and our strength and conditioning staff to make those transitions seamless. And, and Mike, that's a, that's a big shout out to you guys and all the good work you guys could do over in the Greg Center. Thank you. Much appreciated. We try. <laughs> you know, we try, we try to do our best. And, and you know, uh, I think that's one of the things that I, I, I really tried to streamline when I brought when I got brought on board at Pingree was that, you know, I mean, there's there's only so much one person can do. And then when you add another person to the staff, it kind of creates a, a a level of service that you can provide to the to the student body a, a lot greater. So, you know, it's working with you guys and and the whole team really kind of gives us a puts us in a better position, get these folks ready to go. <laughs> All right. So James and Lance, any final words from you guys to our listeners about someone, let's say, who might be going through something like this themselves? Any final words of wisdom from you guys to to them that, that might help them out? Uh, in terms of community, um, like the Penguin community, uh, I hope that, you know, that people that have been injured before have, it doesn't matter what you've injured, if you have a major injury, you should reach out to other people that have done that. Uh, and that are going through that process. I, I've, I've reached out to one or two people um, that this year that I have, that are going through that process um, just to make sure that they know that it's going to be all right. Cause it seems so daunting from the, from the beginning. And you, quite honestly, you're going to have friends that don't really know the importance of, uh, or the, 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 like how heavy it is on, on, a, on an injured player. So um, it's important to just, 
reach out and support the people in the community, not even like not even your friends, I mean, maybe somebody you don't even know that that well um, and say, hey, um, I've been where you've been and uh, you're going to be all right. And uh, if you need anything, I'm here to support you. I'm here to talk. I'm here to um, I'm here to discuss anything that you want. I think the biggest advice I could give to someone would be to enjoy the process. And what I mean by that is, is like for me personally, coming into this injury, I wasn't like a regular in the training room. I was then there every single day for months on end. And what I did learn, what I did learn is that like everything, the process itself is going to suck. There's nothing that's going to be good about range of motion. There's nothing that's going to be fun about learning how to balance on your foot again. But what could be fun is like the like, the process of it, the process of like that I got to get close with you to get close with coach G to get close with the like jokes that we made throughout the training room every day. Like the little things that like made each moment of my treatment as enjoyable as possible. That's a great example. When I called you the devil, that's definitely up there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely up there for me too. Thank you. <laughs> that's definitely up there. But like those, those moments that like, brought a smile to my face while I was still working to get better are those things that like made it, I think almost enjoyable to be there every day is what you should work towards, not just to like put your head down and push through and suck it up. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we realize how much the whole process sucks and we want to make sure that we can keep it a little bit lighthearted for you guys. So that way it sucks a little bit less when you guys are in there. That's, that's for sure. And, you know, I think to, <laughs> Lance, to your point, and this is something I wanted to highlight anyway, is that, you know, the unfortunate part of you guys being injured is, is what it is. Um, but silver linings, um, these are two relationships that I personally wouldn't have had you guys not gotten the injuries that you did. So it gave me an opportunity to know you guys a little bit better, unfortunately, through an injury, um, but showed me a lot about you and your characters. And so you guys understand what you mean to us in terms of the Pingree family. When you guys step on those fields for the first time, we are cheering on the sideline for you guys. Uh, Lance watching you miss your first three-pointer in a basketball that game. That was a bad one, too. Uh, you know, it was just the fact, <laughs> that, you were, the fact that you were just on the, on the court was, was great for all of us to watch. So uh, we appreciate you guys uh, uh, also in those relationships that we get to build as we go. Yeah, we, we cheer you guys on like your uh, second set of parents. Right, we are there, nervous for your first steps, but knowing that you're ready, or else we wouldn't put you on that field. Um, but like Spee said, like when we work with our athletes, and Lance, kind of to your point, um, when you guys come in and we do build those relationships because we know how much it sucks to be in that position, which is the reason we went into this job in the first place. Right, the reason we are athletic trainers is to help people overcome their injuries and prevent them before they happen. But when they do, unfortunately, sometimes, because that's the nature of athletics, um, we want to be there to build you guys back up. So when you do get on the field and we watch you run down the court for the first time or catch your first touchdown when you're back, like those are big moments for us too. And I hope you guys know and any of our other athletes who – unfortunately get hurt or have been hurt i hope you guys know how much like you getting back on the field means to us too definitely all right guys well thanks for coming on with us today good luck 
getting into uh, going into college for for next year for you guys. You guys know we're always here. Um, please come back and visit. Um, thank you to both of you for everything you guys have done for Pingree Athletics also. Um, Definitely. But much appreciated. Thank you, thank you guys. And also just know the weight room is always there. Even even uh, even after Pingree career is over, you are welcome back. And I would be happy and honored to lift with you. <laughs> you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Fight on three. Fight on three. One, two, three. Fight!